It's so good to be with everyone here this evening. I know it's not the most comfortable uh, temperature-wise, but we're, we're working on getting that fixed. Um, I know many of you are aware of the horrific tornadoes that uh, went through Mississippi uh, on our way here. Way toward that one has already uh, started in uh, Louisiana, and it's heading its way towards Mississippi. Different part, but let's remember to keep those in our prayers. Um, it's that time of year where we're getting those systems um, spun up. I want to thank uh, Jacob for that wonderful prayer, and Joseph, thank you for the reading, and Mark, thank you for aligning our, our songs tonight in preparation for what we're going to talk about. You know, children's songs present many important truths. This song that is uh, before you, this little light of mine, is one that uh, I've sung to all three kids every single night as from the first good children's that we classify as children's songs. Uh, one is um, read your Bible and pray every day. And the course of that is you will grow, grow, grow. The converse of that in that song says, neglect your Bible, forget to pray, you will shrink, shrink, shrink. A lot of these so-called children's songs we put away as our kids get older and as we get older. But I would encourage us that they have many truths that our mind and attention should be focused on. Coming out of this little light of mine, as many, many late nights as I'm singing it to a child that will not go to sleep, I was thinking and contemplating, what are the ways that we're supposed to let our light shine? And so tonight we're going to look at and evaluate, how does your light shine? Um, Brother Steve um, uh, Hudgens, I was going through some of his bedsheet sermons, and, and he had a great lesson on this. And it's been a while since we've looked at a bedsheet sermon. Uh, I'm still thinking about, can I, can I make one of those myself? I'm, that's, that's on my bucket list right now. But um, he did a good one, and, and it focuses on this idea of how does your light shine? And we're going to get some thoughts here that it's not an exhaustive list. I encourage you to look in scriptures and see that there are a lot of ways that we let our light shine. But my hope is, as we go through this lesson, as we go on both sides of the lampstand that we see in Matthew chapter 5, it's going to give us pause and we're going to think about, is our light shining as bright as it should be? And then as we conclude, I think it's always good to look at the other side. Because in Matthew chapter Five, we see not only put your light on a lampstand, but we're to keep it from being under a basket. We don't want to close off the light. So I want us to ask and look at a couple quick things that give us consideration and pause of ways we can put a basket because Matthew chapter five is telling us to do two things. It is telling us to put a light on a lampstand, and it's telling us not to cover it. And that's going to be our focus, just to read the scripture reading one more time so that we are grounded in looking at what we're trying to uh, be the focus of tonight's discussion and topic is starting in verse 14 of Matthew 5. You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see 
your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Notice in verse 16, why do we need to let our light shine? Is it so that the attention of the world that we are in comes to us? No. We let our light shine because it's not about us. They're going to see our good works, but they're going to know and they're going to see and the Father in heaven is going to be glorified. So this is a very important idea. We need to be constantly aware at the challenges that are going to present themselves to us to dim our lights. Or as the song goes on to say, allow Satan to blow it out. Because you can still have a light on under a basket, but we want to prevent it uh, from being blown out as well. We want it to shine bright so that in verse 16, the Father in heaven is glorified. So the first thing we're going to look at tonight, how does your light shine? Well, we can shine our light because we can be disciples that are forgiving. Let's look over in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 12 through 14. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 12, we read, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if we forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. This obviously comes from that example prayer that Jesus gave to his disciples when they asked him, How should we pray? But we cannot forget, not just in this situation, but when the disciples asked, how often do I forgive my brother? And the response was 70 times seven. We are to have a forgiving heart. And if we do that, we're going to be different than the world. If we are a forgiving individual, our light will shine. So we need to do what is described here. We need to have forgiveness when others are repetitive, we don't need to be like our culture. Our culture keeps grudges. Our culture keeps scores. When people repent, we need to forgive. We need to forgive wholly. We don't need to remember what has occurred. We don't need to be keeping that scorecard. That is wrong, and that is not letting our light shine. Next, we must be willing to do good to all. Do good to all. Let's look at Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophet. If your household is anything like our household, we quote this verse a lot to our children. We want them to know, do unto others as you want them to do unto you. Do not do something to someone else that you wouldn't want done to you. But as we grow old, as we become adults, are we good at remembering this? We can't forget because if we do, our light is not shining. And if we do, I promise you, our light will shine. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, 
especially to those who are of the household of faith. We need to do good. Thayer's defines this as what is upright, honorable, and acceptable to God, suited to the course of human affairs. Are we looking to do good to all? Or do we pick and choose who we want to do good to? If we do good to all, if we follow Galatians 6.10, I promise you our light will shine in this world. And that's what God has asked and commanded us to do. Next, we have, how does your light shine? Well, by loving our brethren, our light can shine. In John chapter 13, 35, we read, By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Notice, if we love one another, the world, all men, will know that we are disciples of Christ. If you want to let your light shine, you must love one another. In 1 John 4 and 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. This isn't a gushy feeling type of love. This is agape love, affection, goodwill, love, benevolence. Are we letting our light shine in loving like God loves and demonstrating that where we go? We can let our light shine and, and let it shine bright if we live godly lives. Let's look at Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 12. Titus chapter 2, 11 and 12. Starting in verse 11 of Titus 2. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Salvation teaches us that we deny, put away ungodliness and worldly lust. This morning we talked about the dangers of not listening to God's commandments. We can't have one foot on one side of the fence with God and another foot on the other side of the fence with this world. We must decide. Brethren, we must live and go by the names of sober, righteous, and godly in this age. If we do, our light is going to shine bright. We are going to be peculiar people. So the question is, is our light shining in these ways? We must forsake the world as another way to let our light shine. Let's look at Luke 14, 33. Luke 14, 33 reads, So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. What does forsake mean? To renounce. I think about the rich young ruler when I get this idea of Luke chapter 14 and verse 33. Did the rich young ruler, did he have a heart that was willing to forsake his earthly possessions? No. He didn't let his light shine. He went away crying and holding on to his possessions. We see that in Mark 10, 17 through 22, Matthew 19, 16 through 22, or Luke 18, 18 through 23. 
But Jesus knew he loved his riches. Do we, as we talked about this morning, love our riches more than the willingness to forsake it? Let's look at 1 John 2, 15 through 17. It's a great way to look at this idea of forsaking. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away. And the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. We are comparing something that is on its way out. Entropy, it's all running downhill. The soonest you get something new right out of the package, it's running downhill. Is that where we're putting our focus versus letting our light shine to the world that our treasures are laid up in heaven? We can let our light shine by doing the Father's will. Let's look at Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. It's a very important verse. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. We understand this in the context of the narrow versus broad way. And just after this, building our house on a rock. Look with me in verse 22 in your Bibles. It says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? These people are in their minds working for God. Were they? Did they achieve what we have on our screen here? Had they done the will of their father in heaven? Not entirely, not completely. If we follow God, we must do his entire will. And if we do, our light will shine. Our light will shine as individuals. Our light will shine as families. Our light will shine as the South Franklin Church of Christ if we do all that God has commanded. So we are through the left side of our lampstand. We can let our light shine by being forgiving, doing good to all, loving our brethren, living godly, forsaking the world, and doing the Father's will. But let's look at a few more. This is so important. We must have a light that shines bright in this world. We must be willing to follow pure religion. Let's look over at James chapter 1. As you're turning there, this word pure, the Greek word, is katharos. Anybody that knows our family knows that we used to have a farm called Kathros Farm. Now it's KF Meats. But it comes from this Greek word. It means purity. It means undefiled. So let's look at James 1, verse 27. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit the orphans and widows in their trouble, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Are we pure and undefiled in how we 
look and approach God's word and approach our worship of God. We see in Malachi, we often refer to that passage when we're uh, partaking of the Lord's Supper and how Israel was doing everything that God had requested. From an action standpoint, all the sacrifices were being served, all the tithing was being given, all the setting aside in the year of Jubilee, and all that was being observed. And what was God's response to that? Shut the doors. Your governor wouldn't even accept this. Our light will shine if we have an approach religion in a pure and undefiled manner, not like those Israel's had, Israelites had become in Malachi. We must let our light shine through studying. 2 Timothy 2, 15. We all know this. Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We must be, per this passage, a diligent worker who seeks to rightly divide the word. Not just someone that shows up at church and that's their religion for the week. No, that's not what God has called us to be. God has called us to be students and diligently um, study. And See, this part of the light shows out because if this is our focus, guess what you can't help but do during the week? Talk about it. I'm sure you'll talk about other things you enjoy, like baseball or basketball. March Madness is going on right now. Or some hobby that you may have. If you're passionate about it, you're going to talk about it. If you're passionately studying like we read here to be diligent, you can't help but talk to others about it. Your light will shine. Is your light shining in that category? Is mine as much as it should be? How does your light shine? Well, it can shine because we can be growing. Let's look at 2 Peter, two passages in 2 Peter, actually. Uh, the first one's going to be in verse 1 and 5. 2 Peter 1, 5. But also for this very reason, giving all due diligence, add to your faith virtue to virtue knowledge. Let's continue in verse 6 through 8. To knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. What do things do that grow? They produce fruit. Your light will shine if you're growing. Let's look at uh, 2 Peter 3 and 18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. Hebrews, what we're studying on Wednesday night, tells us if we're not willing to continue to grow, what will happen? Stagnation is not mentioned in scriptures for a Christian's life. And if that's where you are at, your light will not shine the way it is supposed to. We must be faithful if we want our light to shine. Let's look at John chapter 14 and verse 15. 
John chapter 14 and verse 15, if you love me, I'm not faithful to all of God's commandments. So many that are around us in the world today say that they love the Lord, but they do not do all that he says. Or they're fine putting their salvation into the hands of an individual that happens to be a good speaker that can pluck the emotional strings of the listener's heart. That is not the definition of being faithful, quoting another man. The definition of being faithful is what we talked about earlier, being study in approach that you're diligent and that you can give an account. Let's look at Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. Do not fear any of these things which you are about to suffer. What are they about to suffer there in Smyrna? I mean, they, haven't they suffered a lot already? They were driven to poverty. What is, what is being asked here? You know, we quote Revelations 2 and 10 so often, but we forget that they were already in poverty because of their faithfulness. And this is what God says to them. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation 10 days. Be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. So being faithful through poverty isn't enough. Being faithful to death is what God has called us to be. No matter what happens in this world, we must be willing to be faithful unto death. Well, how does your light shine? Well, we must be prayerful. I mentioned the kids' songs earlier. Read your Bible and pray every day and we'll grow, grow, grow. We've already hit two of those. We've talked about growing. We've talked about reading and studying. And we're also, can't forget, that we must be prayerful. We're going to read First Thessalonians, but... I'm sure many of us remember that in Ephesians 6, after the whole armor of God is detailed out, all the pieces that we're to wear and, and to uh, put on every single day, God reminds us to be prayerful. Prayerful should be the life of a Christian. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 and 18, pray without ceasing and everything giving thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. We need to be prayerful people. Remember Daniel? They couldn't find any fault with Daniel. So they attacked his prayer life. Does our light shine that bright when it comes to prayer? Can we be better? Can we improve? Next, our light shines by being about our Father's business. In Luke chapter 2, verse 49, we read, And he said to them, Why do you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Jesus understood this from his youth. Have we as parents demonstrated this to our children, to our co-workers, to those that know us? Do they look at the life we live and say that we're about our father's business? Or do they look at the life we live and say, that's a great multitasker. He has all these things going on. He's the first one in at work and last one out. His kids are involved in every single sport you can imagine, and they're doing fantastic. Him and his wife, they have such a great relationship. They find time for themselves. They go out on vacation. They go out threes that dates. 
the list could go on. Oh, they know every movie series that is on. You ask them about a sports question, he's got all the answers. Or do they know that we're about our Father's business? Is our light shining as bright as it can be? Some other things we can be doing. Hebrews 10, 25, about being about our Father's business. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. We can show that our light is shining by attending services when scheduled. Not only is this a command, but we have to think about the message we send our children and other children's on how we arrive. We can't miss, but is it good to come in late or at the last second come flying in on two wheels? Do we treat our work events this way? Do we treat a show that we have purchased tickets for in downtown Nashville this way? Do we treat activities and sports that our children are involved in this way? Have we hid our light? Do we have a double standard? Because I promise you as parents, we can send a signal loud and clear to our children if our light is shining or not. We need to instill that our light is important from the youngest of ages. In Mark chapter 16, 15, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. My daughter Kayla is a good lesson for me on what our light should look like in shining. There's not a person she won't invite to come to service. She won't invite them in North Alabama to come to service. I promise you I can be better at letting my light shine by going about into all the world and preaching the gospel to every creature, not discriminating who I think is a candidate or not. We can all work on something on this list. I know we can. And our light can shine brighter and bring God the glory. As we mentioned earlier, this is not an exhaustive list, but I sure hope it encourages us to think about how does your light shine. We've discussed that we need to be forgiving, doing good to all, loving brethren, living godly, forsaking the world, doing the Father's will, seeking Pure religion the way that God had defined. Studying diligently, growing, being faithful, prayerful, and about our Father's business. But as we conclude tonight, let's look at just a handful of things that would be classified or could be looked at as putting our light under a basket. That doesn't mean the light has been distinguished but it isn't doing the purpose. We need to be mindful and watchful to make sure that we're not putting a basket over our light. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 15, we saw that nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to the whole, to all who are in the house. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 2. Uh, for the kids, sorry, I didn't go back and look at the thing. So Matthew 5, 15 is on the bottom. And then we're going to put 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 20 through 22 on the top. And then we'll get back into our, our words and um, as we go through the, the basket here. 
So 2 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 20. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn away from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit and a sow having washed to her wallowing in the mire. We do not want to turn back away from the gospel because if we do, there is nothing but eternal condemnation for us. We do not want to put a basket over our light. So let's look at a couple things we need to be on guard of and things we need to avoid. The first one, we talked about having brotherly love before, but we need to look at the converse of that, not having or not showing brotherly love. Let's look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 20. 1 John chapter 4, verse 20. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he does not love his brother, for he who does not love his brother whom he who he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? If we cannot love our brothers, God is saying, You cannot love me. We need to be mindful and work diligently at showing brotherly love. We can be unforgiving by putting a basket over our light. Matthew chapter 6, verse 15, as we alluded to and referenced earlier, but if we do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. If you cannot let go what someone has done to you, you are not thinking about the debt you owe for your sins to God and that you could not pay that. This comes from lacking in being the light and following those items that we talked about earlier. If we start trimming our lights in those areas, these issues are going to become a, a problem for us. And so we need to focus on making our light bright and we need to be mindful of the traps that we can fall into. This goes uh, again back to Hebrews 10, 25, uh, the idea of poor attendance, um, not approaching service appropriately. Um, all of that can be classified under this. Hebrews 10, 25, again, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more, the more as you see the day approaching. I'm not going to repeat everything we just talked about, but I want you to look at the second half of this verse. If you're putting your light under the basket, if you are not treating service for what God has identified it of, what are you not giving and what are you not attaining? We're not exhorting one another. God established the brotherhood so that we can be there for one another. That is important. And if we're not doing our job in looking at worship and service the way we should, then this is lacking. And if this is lacking, it's going to make life so much harder. There, many of you know Dwight. Um, I know he does this for Jacob, but he is a wonderful encouragement for me. He listens to almost, I think he listens to every lesson we put on our website diligently because as soon as Joseph puts it up there, 
within 24 to 48 hours, I got a text coming. And that's the way Dwight and I keep in touch. And I need to be better at, at, at turning some things his way. Um, but he is um, uh, a great encourager. And that can happen. And he's not even here in Middle Tennessee. And I appreciate him so much for that. Exhorting, um, taking the opportunity to attend and be that exhorting individual for someone else. You can put your light under a basket by being caught up in the works of the flesh. Galatians 5, 19 through 21, we read, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Um, this is not identically copied on the kids' uh, sheets. Uh, so this follows. Uh, Galatians chapter 5 is going to follow your Hebrews uh, chapter 10, verse 25. Um, so I do apologize about that. I saw that the version I printed out had not updated works of the flesh. But when we look at this list, there's no identification that says one is worse than the other. They're all bad in God's eyes. And the result of any of that is not inherent the kingdom of God. We can no longer have a part in this. We need to push those things away. We need to abhor them. We need to resist them. And we need to flee them. So as we have gone halfway through the basket, we've had no brotherly love, unforgiving, poor attendance, and works of the flesh. Our last four. We put our light under our basket if we're ignorant of the word. This is in contrast to what we were reminded to have in a diligent studier of the word of God. Hosea 4.6 states it very plainly. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priests for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children. It doesn't matter if we're talking about the attendance. It doesn't matter what we're about to look at for lying. There is no exemption. We are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We are destroyed for not letting our light shine. And we cannot let that take hold. What about not being, I'm not going to read it all, but this is the story of the talents. We all remember the one talent individual of this parable. Let's go to verse 29, though, and see what is said of the one talent individual. As we remember the one talent individual, as you turn there, um, he hid his talent. He didn't do anything with it. He did not grow. He was not active. And this is the warning from God. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Are we letting our light shine? Or are we like the one talent servant? Let's not hide it under the basket. 
I alluded to this a moment ago. Let's look at John 8, 44. John 8 and verse 44. We can hide our light under a basket by lying. We do not lie. We do not tell white lies. We do not tell anything that looks like a lie because God has called us to be men and women of truth. John 8, 44. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. This does not need to fill in for the blanks for the key way, shape, or form. Our last fill in for the blanks for the kids. Y'all have done well. There's been a lot of verses here. But this is good to have and good to review so that we can remember how to let our light shine. We can um, put our light under a basket if we seek to live worldly lives. James 4, 4. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. In 2 Timothy 4.10, this is Paul speaking of Demas. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and he has departed for Thessalonica, Cretans for Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia. We need to be mindful, committed, to letting our light shines and not hiding it under a basket. Hopefully this has been encouraging. I don't believe we have rocked the world and identified anything that we all, many of us, have not heard before, even our children. But if we forget, we will fall and succumb to the issues that are presented when the light gets put under the basket versus on the lampstand. May we be people that constantly focus on putting our light on the lampstand. And may we challenge ourselves this evening and in the days and weeks before us to be better at all of these items and more that we find in scriptures. If you have any need, please come forward as we stand and sing the invitation song.